Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and create a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your free copy of my book, The Water Walker, check out juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. On today's episode, you will get to hear from Tom Herman. Tom is a Christian life coach who helps believers activate one of the most crucial and misunderstood facets of the Christian life, their purpose. Tom and his wife, Katie, have been married 11 years and have four boys. They are co-founders of Attractively Different Coaching and are passionate about helping believers reignite their faith and experience the freedom, security, and peace of mind to pursue their dreams and create an astonishing life of joy, purpose, and impact. I am so excited to hear for you to hear from my friend today, Tom Herman. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, and I am so excited you are here with me today because I have a very special guest, and his name is Tom Herman. And I am so excited Tom is here. Tom is a new friend, and I met Tom via the Instagram, and he actually reached out to me after listening to an episode, and he was like, I love that question you ask. Can God trust you? And y'all, you know how it is. I ask that question on almost every single podcast. So when Tom said that, I was like, Tom, you're my people. You're my people. I got to bring you to meet my people. And so that's why Tom is here today. He, um, Tom, okay, I'm just gonna let you talk now. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Julianne. It's exciting to connect with people who are really walking out their faith and even just in my experience, and kind of I'll share a little bit about that, sometimes I feel like so much of the Christian community like equates faith to salvation, and it kind of like stops mm. there. And I've said before, like, what if what if salvation was, instead of an evacuation plan, what if it's an activation plan, like into your assignment, like here on earth? And so I get excited to meet people who are activated into that faith game or actually participating in that um, so much more than just, hey, I'm going to make it to heaven, but I'm going to suffer well while I'm here on earth type of type of thing, because there's so much available to us in faith. And, and so, yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for that's just the concept of your show and just to hopefully add value to your audience. About me, I've been married to my wife, Katie, for 11 years. We've got four, four boys, so our house is loud. Yeah, we are expecting one. <laughs> um, we're, expecting, we're expecting more, so um, currently, so that's exciting. We have a business called Attractively Different where we're coaches. And basically our, our goal is to help people untangle themselves from fear and confusion that really prevent them from creating what they're called to create or achieving what God has called them to achieve, right? To create this life that's rich and purposeful. And you and I had connected just on Isaiah 61.3. Like I love that concept of being this magnificent tree that God has planted and established for his glory. And so I really just excited and committed to kind of my life and my purpose to helping people be that magnificent tree that is exciting, you know, where people look at it and be like, what are they doing? 
Yes. And how how can we have, let me, let me have what they're drinking type of thing, yes. right? Like to be this magnificent tree for God's glory. So, yeah. and that's what we do. We, we live in San Antonio, Texas right now. So that's amazing. Yeah. I have, uh, again, Tom and I are new friends, so we're getting to know each other right here, <laughs> right before your ears, <laughs> but I have, I have a set of quads and then two other boys. So I have five boys total. And then we have one little girl. So I totally get the loudness. I absolutely feel you on that. Um, so Tom, you released a podcast recently where you talked a lot about the number eight and kind of some meaning behind that. And have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I have. Yeah. Okay, so, I actually go really deep into the Enneagram. I'm it's fascinating, I'm right? It, it, it is. Yeah, it's so fascinating. So I'm, I'm the, the Enneagram eight. I'm the challenger. Um, okay. But I, I love the number eight because, I mean, there's eight members of our family. It's the infinity sign turned sideways. You know, it's right. just it's more than enough. And you touched on a lot of that. You said, God has put everything in place for you to succeed in your life purpose. The purpose of life is not just trying to survive, but to live a life that brings glory to his kingdom and is attractively different. So talk a little bit about that and a little, um, take us a little bit deeper on what you've discovered about the number eight. Yeah, I appreciate you just kind of sharing that. And obviously that that rings true in kind of my introduction there, kind of sharing a little bit about what attractively different is and what it's about. But it's so fascinating to, to dig into the Hebrew language, which mm. is just kind of something that I really, there's so many, so many like nuances that we don't get just in the English language. And I'll share a little bit about what we've, I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means. I've just like dug into it myself, but the word there, um, if you don't know much about the Hebrew language, like there are three parts to it. So there's the actual letter, like we have like a, our English alphabet, right? Like the letter A, um, each letter actually has a specific number. So letter has a number and it also has a picture to it. So there are three parts to like kind of the Hebrew language, which can all kind of share a little bit about a different meaning. And so I'm just like kind of digging into it, like, okay, God, what do you have here beneath the surface yeah. that I'm missing just potentially by not knowing your language, right? And so what's interesting is the number eight in Hebrew. So it actually is, I think it's pronounced like shamanah, which literally means to make fat. Yeah. So it's like a new beginning. It means to be like satiated. And the number seven is the number of completion, right? So number eight is kind of like one more than like a final set, a complete set. So that in and of itself is is interesting okay like you said like the infinity sign but as i've kind of been digging in what is it what is god's desire for us when it comes to living this life right in genesis 12 through 15 he god is telling abram at that time to like move and it, it says it takes his substance it takes his he takes his wealth with him like it uses this word it's a hebrew word rekush it uses it eight times in this passage and that word rekush actually means wealth. Yeah. Like it takes his wealth. And what's fascinating about this is I was looking at it and learning from, I have, I follow this rabbi. His name is Daniel, Rabbi Daniel Lapin. And he was kind of teaching on this concept is where I learned it. And he's like, what's interesting about the Hebrew is that when you reverse the word, it's like a lot of times is the opposite meaning. So uh -huh. like using the, using the equivalent in English, right? If we take the word live, L-I-V-E, we reverse it, it'd be E-V-I-L, evil. So 
in Hebrew, it'd be like, well, live and evil are opposites. They have opposite meanings. We don't see that in English, but that happens in the Hebrew a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So when you reverse the word rekush in the Hebrew, it's actually the meaning and word for worker or like salary employee. Wow. And so there's this, there's this concept of Abraham had rekush, he had wealth, was like he was working with God that was like reproducing in itself versus just being like a worker, yeah, which doesn't produce wealth. So it's like Reku right. shows up eight times, right? And it's like God is so specific where he's using the same word eight times. Like yes. if you and I were writing it, we'd probably be like, he picked up his wealth and then right. he took it to this land right. and he used yeah, it, totally. right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't keep saying wealth, 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 like Rekush. And so even just ex just like seeing this idea and Another nuance of the number eight, which was so fascinating to me, is it's always a symbol of us like co-laboring with God. Mm. Like there's like God-human partnership. Yeah. So this wealth that Abraham is having, this rekush, like God has everything for us. He has this provision available to us through this rekush, but it's going to require us to co-labor with him, right? Like this idea that he's put in your heart or these desires, these passions that he's put inside of you, like is his way to like, express himself into the world yeah yep it's not going to be fulfilled if we don't do our part that's right right i share a lot about it's like god will give you this bag of seed to go sow in the field and he'll prosper the work of your hands and if you plant 10 seeds he'll prosper those 10 plants right he'll send the sun and the rain or you, you can plant ten thousand seeds right and that can produce rekush for you to break free from this survivalist system right the satan's kingdom is about survival that's right. You know, so many people are working to working to stop, working to retire, working for the weekend, right? There's not this purpose. Yeah. We're just trying to survive. And, you know, it's like God's desire for you is to be on your assignment for him and provision will come yeah. versus Satan wants you to think, oh, my assignment is to go gather. I have to go. I have to go get provision, right? right? Like, like God's kingdom is just a better way. And you kind of see it in these nuances, which like I say in the number eight here, that it's a sign of infinity. It's a sign of abundance. It's a sign of more than enough. Yeah. And we need more than enough to go accomplish our commitment. And God has provided it for us. Absolutely. And I, I love how um, in Genesis, when he's describing the Garden of Eden, he mentions gold eight times, mm -hmm. which is wealth. Like that's that's the one thing that across nations, people correlate with wealth is gold. They all understand right. the value of gold. And God's like, it's here. It is for you. You know, I say all the time on here, like he, he promises us the keys to the kingdom of heaven right here while we're on earth. Like we, mm -hmm. we have the ability to, to bring heaven down, to unlock that realm. But so many times we're just, we're afraid. Well, that, that doesn't seem right. Or the reality is, you know, and you talk a lot about, I love guys, you have to go check out his Instagram because he has these great short little reels and <laughs> they're just so good, but there's, there's a message in them and they make you laugh and they're fun. But um, I love how you really want people to understand how much God is for you. And it's not it's not just to sit on the sidelines and just watch your life happen to you. You know, you talked about the other day, um, you said, if it's not working for you, it's working on you into who you're becoming. So talk a little bit about that. Cause I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. So 
when you look at Genesis, I think it's 126. I'm kind of going off memory here. Like there's this pattern of how God creates, right? And the the very first thing we learn about God in Genesis 1, right? Isn't God as good? Isn't God as omniscient? Isn't God as all-powerful? Is In the beginning, God created. We learn that he's a creator, right? And then the first thing that we learn about man, the first command he gives to man, which is in that in that range, I think it's Genesis 1.20, he says, be fruitful. And you look at, so that's the first thing, be fruitful, right? And you look at, well, when he says to the animals and the seeds to be fruitful, like, what are they doing? Well, they're they're reproducing after their own kind. So Genesis 1, God tells us he's a creator. Then the first command he gives the man is be fruitful. So the assumption is I'm going to reproduce after my own kind. I'm I'm called to create. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, God said, um, like in that command, right, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion, um, replenish the earth. I'm trying to think. I'm going off the cuff here, but anyway, there's this, there's this, there's this idea of we have to be fruitful first, and then the other actions after that are doing right. right. Do subdue the earth, do multiply, do you know replenish the earth, like fill the earth with their stuff, and then have dominion. So there's this concept of we have to be first, mm-hmm. and then do, and then have. so that we can have. Yeah, and the way that God has put our, the way we're co-laboring with God, right? We have these desires in our hearts to maybe have certain things, have financial freedom, have time freedom, right? To, to have a, have a successful business doing our passions, right? These are, these are things that we want. And God is saying, okay, the way that you can get there is to become that person. Yeah. Right. So we're working together towards those desires and so many people kind of get caught up. Okay. Well, when will the harvest come quote unquote harvest come or when will I have that? And it's like, well, he's a good father. So it will come when you've become the person who can handle that blessing. Mm. Like I've used the analogy with some clients before of my eight-year-old son, if he, if he wanted a Ferrari and was like, dad, I would absolutely just be thrilled to drive 150 miles an hour in the wind from, through my hair and just like feel the power of the car. It's like, that's a good desire. Yeah. But that gift is only good if you're the person who can handle it. That's right. If you can't handle the vehicle, like you're going to potentially kill yourself. You're going to damage property. You're going to kill someone else. Like right. as a loving father, I give him this gift. Like it would be destructive to him. Right. Yeah. And so we have these desires and it's like covetousness or jealousy is the reason God's saying it's bad. It's because our, our desire to have without the willingness to become. Yes. Oh, so good, Tom. It's so good. And, and it, so yeah. keep going. Oh, I was going to say, so when we're frustrated and it's like, oh, if this isn't working for me, then it's working on me, right? If, if this is my desire, if my business isn't succeeding, well, maybe I need to go learn how to talk to more people. Maybe I need to be a better networker. Maybe I need to think more in lines of serving. Right. And, and so where we get mixed up is oftentimes it's, well, what do I need to go do? I need to go talk to hundred people a day. I need to go do this. And it's like, no, you need to become the person who understands their needs. You need to become the person who isn't desperate for a sale. You need to become the person who like manages their time well, or is okay with accomplishing X amount in a day. And if you don't accomplish this, like moving on, like, like who do you need to become? And so that's where I say when it's not, when it's working on you, that's where you get really curious. Okay, God, who do I need to become in this moment? If this isn't working for me, that means I need to become more. What does that look like? Yeah. And that moves us down the spectrum to move towards our desires where we can become the people to have what we desire. 
Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, when you're talking about the eight-year-old and the Ferrari example, and it's like, that's one way people go. And the other swing of it is this scarcity, you know, like they're, they're humbling them. I'm doing that in air quotes, everybody. <laughs> they're humbling themselves to like the extreme. And it's actually something the Holy Spirit's really been working on in my prayer life is I'm becoming greatly aware of how often I say just like just Lord, I just need this. Just, you know, just, just, just. And it's like the Holy Spirit finally revealed to me. He's like, stop putting me in a box. You know, it's like, God has this huge, beautiful, lavish fruit basket for us. And we're like, God, if I could just get an apple. And he's like, Mm -hmm. but I have so much more. Why do you just (laughs) want an apple? Like quit it, daughter. Come on. I feel like God has some sass to him, Tom. I really do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I would even say like there's this identity crisis that a lot of believers have where there's this servant mentality versus a son and daughter, mm-hmm. right? Like you and I both know that our kids have no hesitation to go open the fridge and look to see like what's inside, right? When we're at when we're at dinner or at breakfast, it's like, hey dad, pass the cereal. Like there's no hesitation. Yeah. Like is did they buy it? Is that theirs? Like like no, that's just part of being in the household, right. right? Versus like a servant mentality, like kind of stands to the side. If you're offered anything, it's like, no, no, thank you. Like, well, maybe I'll take an apple, like you're describing, right? And it's like, we are sons and daughters of the king. And when we have that identity versus the identity of a servant, the mentality of like, yeah, God, I'll have that, yeah. right? Like this needs to accomplish my assignment. Yeah, sure. I'll take that, right? Where think about a Navy SEAL team, right? When they put in their requests for what they need to do to accomplish their assignment, do they have any hesitation on whether the like government will back them up if they need a helicopter to drop them at this place, if they need parachutes, if they need this ammo? It's like, no, this is what I need to accomplish my assignment. Right. right. And when it's saying that God will give us the desires of our heart, that word desire is actually petition, like an ask, where it's like, I need... God's like, you have not because you ask not in James, right? right? You right. you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, it's because you want it for your lust and your desires, which is the unwillingness to become. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like we talked about. So yeah, that idea of a son or daughter of the king and an identity versus I'm just a servant. Yeah. Right. Is is a game changer. Well, and especially in the, the entrepreneurial field that we're both in, it's so... Um, be servant-minded, be servant-minded, be servant-minded. And so it's, it's becoming an idol. It's becoming this replacement of our true identity, which is the son and daughter of Christ, you know? And so we think, oh, okay, well, I have to, I have to be the servant. I have to be the servant. Well, no, you have to be the son and daughter first so that you can serve other people. Well, there's the difference and, you know, taking that role on instead of, and moving it forward. And then another thing that um, struck me when you were talking was, entrepreneurs and when they're growing their business and not really understanding the abundance and the wealth and how it's for us, like we could just go ask for the cereal, right? Is this verbiage around charge what you're worth. And it's like, oh no, no, no. Your worth, it can't even be amounted to dollars. You know, your worth is in who Christ says that you are. That is where your worth comes from what you're charging for is the outcome that you were able to provide you know and just those little mind shifts that that we as coaches help 
our kingdom entrepreneurs really grow and develop within themselves. And it's so crucially important. So Tom, tell everybody a little bit about um, how you first got started in this business, because it came at the absolute right time. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so Julie and I were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I was just sharing a little bit of my story. But I mean, I grew up in a home with loving parents, and my dad was an engineer, right? Naturally risk adverse. <laughs> and so I I kind of just had this mentality that this is what a man does. A man, and he never talked about his job. He didn't want to. What a man does is provide for his family and hates it for 40 years, <laughs> right? 50 years, 60 years. Yeah. And so I was, I was on that path and I was at, um, I was in financial services at a, a big firm uh, that people would recognize. And I was managing a team of about 20, 25 people. And, and I loved leadership and I was, our role, we were the customer service team. It's like, we were helping clients. And my perspective was, I want to help people be the best that they can be. Because I know that if I can help them communicate better, if I know I can help them manage their time better, not only will it help them win at work, like they'll be a great employee, but that'll help them at home with their relationships. That'll help them with their kids, right? And like, that was my perspective of just, I want to help people see things differently. I want to help them be the best version of themselves, mm -hmm. knowing that the outcome will be a great employee. And so I was kind of just in this place where it's like, I don't love what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I love the leadership aspect of things, but it took so much time away from home. And we, as when we're starting a family that it's like, if I'm leading better at work than I am in my own home, like, I don't feel right about that. Yeah. Not that I was leading poorly. It's just that I didn't have the time. Like it was just taking a lot of time away. So I was really just like seeking like, okay, God, like what, what is this? I have these desires. People are affirming me and the desires of wisdom or like the, the aspect of wisdom and leadership and all these things like how do I use this where where it's like the both and right it's not either or right. it's not either win at work and lose at home win at home lose at work which was my mentality so I was just sharing I took some time to like write a personal mission statement it's like I don't know what this leads to but I'm gonna I want, want it to be something that's usable I didn't want to have like three paragraphs and be like hey I wrote a personal mission statement once but I don't even know like what it is what it says <laughs> you have to read it you, you don't just know it and embody yeah it. <laughs> and so so I started writing things down and I started with a few paragraphs right and it's like no I need to I need to windle this down to a couple sentences and I finally got to the place where it's like my desire was I want to help people overcome fear and confusion to live rich purpose lives that are attractively different and that idea of attractively different came Cause I have um, a friend where she's like, she's a believer, her family's not. And they would just kind of be like, I'm glad that works for you. Mm. Like, no, like you look in acts, it's like people are like willing to like have their whole family potentially be threatened and die to come to the cross, right? Like, or to come to Christ. And the disciples were called people who were turning the world upside down. It's like, no, like attractively different. Like I wanted to be so attractive. And so that was maybe two years before we started coaching. And then my wife, she started being a coach and I saw what she was doing and how she was helping, you know, at the time as she was helping women overcome anxiety and mm. just overwhelm. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly like my personal mission statement could be a definition for what we're doing with coaching or what she's doing in coaching. And so we, we launched Attractively Different 
like that's the name of our LLC and we have attractively different coaching. So that was February, 2020. We kind of, we really felt unified and that God was calling us for me to leave my corporate job. And we, we obeyed and there it's been, there's been a wild ride since then. Um, as far as just God refined me, like who I had to become, he, he really showed me that I was trusting in my finances, trusting in what I had saved and not in him. And we, we lived on a, a lot of our savings for that first year. And it was just a super refining process as we were getting the business launched. And, and anyway, it's just been neat to see God show up on the other side. And the impact that we're having on our clients is transformational. I mean, it really is Romans 12 too. transformation comes from the renewing of the mind. Right. And we're helping, helping our clients identify what thoughts and beliefs are they holding that are creating this cycle of self-sabotage or keeping them out of their purpose. Yeah. And when you realize you weren't born with any of your beliefs and they can all change, right. you can start evaluating like, okay, is, is this belief even based on truth, which is right. God's word, right? So we're aligning it with who God says they are, what God's truth is. And when his freedom is, we're co-laboring with him to have freedom and abundance and provision is much different than the survivalist mentality of the enemy's kingdom of I'm just striving toil and sweat. Maybe I'll have enough. Maybe I can stop working someday. It's like, like, for example, I've been in the financial services and retirement was such the focus, such the goal. And the day I learned that retirement, there's no Hebrew word for retirement, which means it's not even a concept in God's world. Right. It was like, Oh, (laughs) Like, no, we're like, like he says in Jeremiah, we're going to be fruitful for like a, like a fruitful tree for all for long days. Right. Uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's a little bit about how we got started and, yeah. and how we're serving our clients. And I love, I hope y'all caught that, that he said yes back in February. I mean, he said yes a little bit before that, but it was in February. And then you know what happened in March of 2020, the world shut down, <laughs> you know, and I, again, it's like that fruit basket. God's like, I have it for you. And we're like, but can I just get an apple? You know, he was like, can I just get to my retirement? Can I just do this? Can I just grind? Can I grind, grind, grind? And God's like, I have so much more for you. Will you just say yes? And you're like, oh, okay. totally. <laughs> you know, and then you said yes. And now, and now the beautiful thing about your yes is that you help other people get their yeses. And it's just this ripple effect. And that. That's why I love really being in community and getting to know other kingdom activators, kind of like you're talking about this activation that's happening. I mean, I I know you feel it, Tom, but there is a great awakening happening amongst God's people. It's like he is calling his people to rise up. It is time to arise Mm -hmm. and shine. You know, the light is upon us. It is, it's time to to sparkle. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good. All right, Tom, we got a speed round. Are you ready? Sure. Absolutely. All right. What is your favorite book of the Bible? That's a good question. I speed talk. First speed round. To, the first thing that's coming to mind is Genesis. Yeah, I was Genesis. going between Genesis okay. and Galatians, but Genesis, I think, is is a good one. That's cool. I love it. Tacos or pizza? Pizza. Pizza. DC or Marvel? <laughs> I don't know much about either, but. I'll go with Marvel. My boys love Spider-Man. I think that's Marvel. Yes, it is. It's that's fair. That's Marvel. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite animal? I'll go with a dog. Dog? Do you have dogs? We did, 
And as we as we grew our family, it was kind of like gotta focus on the kids, not the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she she became more of with she she had fewer and fewer deposits into our um, bank. And so you know, we had some friends that they were looking for a dog for their family who was kind of established, not a puppy. And and yeah. um, it's been a great fit. So she got rehomed and she's in the she has a much better life than we were providing for her. So yeah. it was a win-win all around. Good, good. All right. One place you want to visit on your bucket list? Israel. I haven't gone yet. Oh, God, me too. That'd be amazing. All right. This is a question that I ask everybody. And um, all throughout scripture, we hear of these um, tumultuous times, right? These hard times. And then it's like verse after verse after verse of like, this was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. And then the next verse in capital letters says, but God, and then it's like, boom, and how he shows up. So what is one of your favorite, but God moments from your life? From my life? Gosh, I would have to say it would go back to 2020. And I don't know how much time we have first speed round. Um, but I was alluding to God, like taking me through this refining process with our finances, right? I had saved all this. I had done all the right things being in the financial services industry, and we were living on our savings as if we were like pursuing building this business and we got to the point where we had we had taken on some business debt and we don't think that debt is bad but it was just as we were we really felt like okay we should pay this off and i was like saying like no 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 like i'm not going to use my retirement because i shouldn't right like these are the rules of <laughs> how i'm supposed to live right these are the earth the earth rules and god very clearly prompted my wife and I to use that money to, to pay off the debt. So I told my wife, Katie, I was like, you're going to have to like do this with me. Cause this was like all my years of like, think my perspective was being a way, a man providing for my family. Like you set yourself up for security. Right. So God's basically saying like, let go of this security. Like he's told me release the funds. And so we used the money to, to pay off our debt and we were using it to pay some other things. And it was like this security blanket that I had was crumbling. And I've told people before that it's like, that saved my faith. Like that year, I didn't even know it needed to be saved, but God showed me like, no, you're trusting in your, your resources versus trusting in the source. Mm, so say it again, Tom. I was, say it again. <laughs> say it again. God was, God was showing me that I'm trusting in my resources versus trusting in the source. So to, good. You think about the word, when you think about resource, it's like, it's going to regenerate, right? right? So this is where the butt God comes in. So, yeah. man, we were we were pressing in, and towards December, we were kind of coming down towards the end of what we had. And Katie and I were deciding, like, oh, should we do Christmas for our boys, or what should we do? And I just, like, it was neat to see. I didn't even think about it, but I was like, you know, I just believe that it'll be there when we need it. Yeah. Versus, like, I was so stressed about money during this year, and it's like, our son had broken his arm and it's like, we had this $10,000 bill that we paid for. Um, and we'll just be there when we need it. And God gave me this idea. So here's the, but God moment. He gave me this idea through like a friend who was asking me to teach them about investing and trading. And I had kind of taught a friend earlier that year for 2020, like in March, we had done this like investing trading challenge and he really entrepreneurial he's got he's been part of like 50 different startups so he knows business and he took hold of it and turned like twenty five thousand, like 200 grand trading and it was kind of like happened by accident anyway people kept asking him hey will you teach me how to trade and he's like everything i learned i learned from tom so someone finally came to me and i asked my friend i was like 
I can put together something for this one guy. Like, should we, do you know more people who'd want to be part of this? Yeah. I was thinking maybe 15, 20 people that we could teach. And he was like, yeah. So anyway, within like, that was Christmas and like two or three weeks we had, we had done a webinar by the end of January, a hundred people signed up for this course that we were putting on, yeah. which was just a little less than a thousand dollars for this six week course. And then like another six weeks where we we're going to teach them. But so it's like, I went from this place where I was finally like, okay, we'll just need it when we have it. And then God gives me this idea that has like a hundred grand launch to this yeah. like new business that was just like, oh, there's the provision, there <laughs> right? Like, but God. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it so much. And it's like, that was your oil moment, you know, where the woman goes to Elijah and she's like, uh, I need your help. He's, they're going to take my kids. And he's like, okay, what you got? <laughs> you know, and then God's like, or Elijah's like, go sell your oil, like pour, pull it into all these jars that you borrow from your neighbors and God's going to bring the multiplication and then you sell it and then you pay off your debt and you live off the rest. Like it wasn't just a, an exchange, like to the overflow because God's math is multiplication. Oh, I love that story. I love that story. Tom, thank you so much. <laughs> and um, last, not last words, that's, that's a terrible way to end this, but what is <laughs> one um, last piece of advice or words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, I think the first thing that's coming to mind is what I've just seen in some of my clients and even just like people that I talk to, specifically faith-filled believers. The church has done a really good job at letting us think that our desires are bad. Mm. And it's like, I shouldn't have this desire. Like this idea of contentment gets really inflated. And I think a lot of times contentment is rooted in fear. Like we label it contentment, but it's like, instead of pursuing your dreams, instead of pursuing your goals, like, no, I just need to be content with what I have, right? Like I'm going to shine for God, like by just being as great of an average person as possible. Like I'm saying that for dramatic effect, but right. no one actually says that, but that's what I hear, right? Like, no, I'm just going to be content with what I have, not desire more. And it's like, no, his desires that he has placed inside of you. To me, I really think they're how God wants to express himself out into the world. Yeah. Like we're collaborating, right? Like, it's an expression of him to like get out to the world. And yet when we don't pursue it, when we don't understand it, we, the world's going to miss out on that piece of the image of God. And so I think your desires are given from God. And when we try to fulfill them in a bad way, that's where they become bad. Right. When we try to fulfill them outside of our design, right. Like the obvious one is like sex outside of marriage, right. Like intimacy with another person is a like a godly thing. Absolutely. And God says, here's how you do it, right? This is how it's designed. When we try to fulfill that desire outside of his design, that's where things kind of go sideways. Right. So I would just encourage people, like, what are those desires inside of you that you've pressed down that are so unique to you that maybe God, like, trying to express himself out into the world and the only way it's going to be done is through co-laboring with you and taking action on it and not being like, well, that's bad, you know, like, my wife's story is like she grew up in a home where they were very frugal and she enjoys nice things. Yeah. And it's like this, that desire was bad, right? Your desires are bad. Your desires are bad. Your desires are bad. And like, as she has kind of gotten some freedom there and explored those things, it's like, no, like we serve a King, like our God, like look in revelation, like God lives in a place where the streets are made with gold, like opulence and is not foreign to him. So it's like, what if that was part of her, image of the creator that by suppressing that like the world's not seeing 
And so, yeah, I would just encourage people like, what are those desires inside of you that are unique to you? And what expression of God may be trying to get out of you? Yeah. That is worth pursuing. Yeah. I love that. And Tom, if if somebody is wanting to connect with you and, and work with you one-on-one, how do they go about doing that? And of course, we'll link everything in the show notes. But how Yeah, absolutely. So um, you go to attractivelydifferent.com. There's a link right there to book just a free discovery call. If um, if I can help you just kind of get some clarity, like in that call, like I'm going to add as much value on that call as possible. Yeah. That's a huge win. That's a huge win for me. Because um, my, my goal on those calls is to help people make decisions that they absolutely love. And if you've come to a place that we don't have to work together and you're like, you absolutely love that decision. That's awesome too. Right. But if one thing I help my clients make a decision, it's like, now when you absolutely love the decision of choosing to work together. So I use that call to kind of get an idea of how can, how can you be served? You know, are we a good fit? And just as far as getting value, like you said, Instagram on Instagram, often uh, Tom Herman coach is my Instagram name. And yeah, I enjoy doing the reels. I enjoy adding value in that way where there's some entertainment, but also, um, creativity in the messaging as well. So those are probably the two places that connect with me. Yeah. And his, one of his reels I saw, cause we were going back and forth in messenger and most of it was sex and I would voice sex every now and then, but I hadn't heard his voice yet. So one of the first reels I clicked on, he was doing a British accent, but I couldn't tell if it was his voice or not. So I had to watch a few more to figure it out. He is not British people just so you know, but it's great. Tom, thank you so much. That's all we have for you today, my friends. And remember, the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.